Welcome to Wisdom, Love, and Beauty, a podcast for the soul and the home of dangerous wisdom. This is Dr. Nikos, your friendly neighborhood soul doctor, and we've arrived at our midweek contemplation of insights from Yijing, the field guide to synchronicity science. Our hexagram for this week is 27, which we could call nourishment or nutriment. And last time we considered some of the philosophical aspects of nourishment. We tried to look at nourishment in a more visionary way, with a lot of spaciousness to make room for insight. Now this in part has to do with the hidden figure in this hexagram, which has a lot of space and receptivity in it. Hidden within hexagram 27 is hexagram 2, which is often translated with terms like responding or receptive. Now remember, a hexagram is composed of two trigrams, and hexagram two is the earth trigram doubled. So this hidden hexagram inside the one that we got in our reading evokes the earth. It's the earth doubled. It evokes the earth and the archetypal feminine, and that's why it's translated as responding or receptive, or in Karcher's work it's translated as the field. It's a living place where things are growing. And thinking about this week's reading in relation to the latest uh, UN climate report seems potentially important. For a variety of reasons. One is the, the, the earth here hidden in this hexagram. And just this general question that we're asking, how can we become a positive nutriment for the world? We are already a nutriment for the world because of this mutuality of nourishment, inescapable mutuality. We already are a nutriment for the world, but are we a nutriment for good things or not so good things? On balance and in a consistent way, do we bring peace, love, healing, joy, deep trust, and great wonder into the world? Do we bring creativity and insight in our thought, speech, and action that regenerates the world, not regenerates the economy, not regenerates the tech scene, because we don't depend on apps, we don't depend on pieces of paper or digits, we depend on a real living world. So on balance, do we take more than we give to the real beings Who gives so much to us? These seem to be some of the questions that Yijing presents us with this week. And this week's response has a single moving line. Now when that happens, sometimes it suggests there's either a a bit of stuckness or a, a bit of stability in a situation. In a positive situation, if we feel that the situation is overall positive, it might feel, well, it's pretty stable. But when we look and we sense, well, situation doesn't seem so good, it might feel that it's kind of stuck. But with one key place for initiating a creative transformation, and in relationship to the climate report, it's that's what we seem to get, that we're in a bad situation. It's pretty stuck. We have stuck ourselves in something, and we need to shift. And Yi Jing is saying, well, there's one little space for skillful transformation. In this case, it's the fifth line. And when we consult that fifth line, it's a yin line or a yielding line, 
which could transform into a yang line, which we can think of as a guiding or forming line. And this particular moving line indicates that currently we should not attempt anything big. So some of us had our chance to consider a big project a little while ago, but in, that was in relation to something different. Now, in relation to thinking about how we nourish the world, Yijing is saying, don't do anything big. It says instead that we need to use our awareness to gain insight into any limitations in our way of thought, speech, and action. So it would be as if we found some sense in the idea that we should nourish the whole community of life, that our life should nourish the whole of life. That begins to make sense. We sense that we are in this mutuality of nourishment. And we realize that the community of life has been giving us so much and maybe we haven't given back. But when we think about that, we feel as though it it seems too huge. It's confusing. Maybe it's even scary. How in the world do we nourish the whole of life? What do we do? How, How is that possible? However we might experience that or express it, in one way or another, we just don't feel up to the task. And Yijing agrees that we're not up to the task. It says, don't do anything big. You're not up for it. Yijing's diagnosis of our situation is that nourishment is disturbed. And we will have to reject the rules that most people live by. That's a really interesting part of this moving line. And in our context, it feels utterly Synchronistic. The rules that most people live by depend on unskillful and unrealistic nutriment. All things depend on nutriment. The dominant culture depends on nutriment in order to perpetuate itself. And it nourishes itself at the expense of the community of life. That's the way our system is structured. What we call the economy, what we call politics... The dominant culture, in its many forms, it's not monolithic, it's not one thing, there are lots of little varieties in it, and streams, but it all, on balance, nourishes itself at the expense of the community of life. And that includes other human beings, too. And we could call this the basic flaw of our economic system in particular, it cannot empower wise mutual nourishment. can't do it. And it depends on the nourishment of ignorance, including craving and fragmentation, unhealthy competition, unhealthy consumption, and a basic vision of human beings that we could call homo economicus. Now instead, we need to nourish homo sapiens, the being of wisdom, the being of the earth, the real living world, not this false notion of homo economicus. That image paints us all as lazy, aggressive, self-interested, atomized, greedy, and all the rest. We don't need money or profit to motivate us. This is what the homo economicus theory tries to convince us of. People wouldn't do anything. What person who shaped world history did it for money? Gandhi, Martin King, Jesus, Buddha, Socrates. Yeah, yeah, they were just out to make a buck. No, 
We don't need that. We don't need that motivation. That's a false image of us. And we, we talked last time even about right view. And good old Shariputra, this brilliant philosopher, studying under another brilliant philosopher, the Buddha, and he says, look, what you need to understand is nutriment will explain the right view. Now let's start there, that we're embedded in this mutuality. And Yi Jing, in fact, specifically counsels us, counsels us here to maintain our highest ideals. Those are what should motivate us, and they are what can motivate us. We don't find our highest ideals in the marketplace or even in most corporations. It doesn't matter what their statements and mottos are. Our real highest values we know are not part of the marketplace. That We wouldn't want to be bought for our virtue. So this is why Yi Jing says we must reject the rules that most people live by. The basic counsel here involves emptying ourselves of confusion, spending time sitting quietly, just sitting. Extra time in meditation, in other words. Meditation should always begin with bringing to mind our highest ideals and making a firm commitment to realizing the true nature of self and reality for the benefit of all beings. That mutuality, that determination to be a positive nutriment for the world is what we begin our meditation with, just for a moment or two, to clear the mind and orient it toward those values. And then as we meditate, we begin to make friends with our mind. We get closer to seeing the nature of our mind. And then when we get up from meditation, we carry our meditative mind into daily life so that we can make our ideals a reality. As part of our practice of a philosophical or spiritual life, we also nourish ourselves on the virtues and teachings of the great sages. We have to be deliberate about where we're looking for nutriment. Remember, all things depend on nutriment. So nourish ourselves on virtue. And the teachers we look toward, the sages, the great teachers, can be from any tradition that calls us. But it's important to savor this nutriment, chew it slowly. Then we have to metabolize it, which means transforming it into our activity in the world. Yijing warns us here that we have not developed ourselves enough to lead. That's really important. That's why it's saying don't do anything big. Yes, it's right. You're not ready to nourish the world, but you can get ready. And part of that should be to follow the great sages of the past and nourish our virtue and our highest ideals with meditation, meditative conduct that naturally empties us out of all our unhealthy and unskillful ideas, concepts, and habits. And this is inevitably going to involve breaking away from the ways of life that most people follow in the dominant culture. And it can even feel lonesome at times. But we find that we, if we look around, we will discover flexible and harmonious friends who also want to nourish the world. There are plenty of other people who are concerned about how to become a better nutriment for the world. And they will encourage and support us in our practice. We can support each other. Now that's the guidance for our one moving line. So take that extra time in meditation, reflect on this patterning, and see how it goes. And next time we'll have further insights 
They give us a sense of the potentials in our situation, where we might move, and they're quite positive. And contemplating those potentials next time will give us plenty of food for thought and for practice over the weekend. In the meantime, if you have any questions, reflections, or stories of synchronicity to share, send them in through wisdomloveandbeauty.org, and we might bring some of them into a future contemplation. Until then, this is Dr. Nikos, your friendly neighborhood soul doctor, reminding you that your soul and the soul of the world are not two things. Take good care of them.